This is Ryan Stegman, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. This is Vic Ruggiero from the Slackers, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. Weapon, episode 115. I am your host, J.M. Clark, the Jedi Ross. Please excuse me while I flick my bick. Hello, welcome back, kids. Uh, good times, indeed. A uh, very, very special guest here this evening. I got to meet this individual back in May when I went down to Motor City Can in uh, good old Michigan. Uh, he is writer extraordinaire, Mr. Dirk Manning, comes to the show. Hello, sir. How are you, sir? Oh, I, uh, so good. I, I just can't believe it's been since May already. That's crazy. I mean, I know you're right, you know, but just like I've, I was really thinking today about the next Motor City Con and some other Michigan appearances. And then when you say May, and I'm like, that's not right. It's only you know, the end of <laughs> August, beginning of September. And I'm like, yeah. man, September, I don't know. There it is. But we're here. Yes. We're here. Yes. Thank I had. You. Thank you for having me. Oh, dude, it's it's my pleasure. Um, I, I first heard your name uh, through Drunk on Comics, who anybody who listens to this show regularly uh, should be familiar with Drunk on Comics. And they were all about you and uh, then got to meet you, got to meet the man, the mystery himself going down to Motor City Con there. And what a good time. That con blew my socks off. It was such good times. Oh, you know, Michigan shows in general to me are just so much fun. And Motor City has been around forever. Um, true story, actually, the first show I ever, ever attended way back when I was young as a teenager was a Motor City Comic Con. Oh, yeah. So getting to actually then start to set up there, you know, many years later was just something that was really cool to me. And Michigan's just host a bunch of cool shows, a bunch of cool people. Um and like you said, as you said, the, the Dirk on Comics podcast <laughs> is uh, based out of there, so that's nice as well. So, Well, you guys totally have like a, a super family thing. The thing that really impressed me was uh, the, the – 
the transparency transparency between the the organizers and the guests and it's like a huge family there to the point where i got confused who was actually running the show and who was just exhibiting at the <laughs> show you know everybody's so tight yeah and and you know that that's the way a good con is run is I do a lot of shows every year, and I talk a lot about your the your con family, and you know, working on comics is a very solitary process. You know, whether you're a writer or an artist, a writer artist or a colorist, letterer, whatever. It's oftentimes you work with people that maybe you don't get to see very often, and you only see them at shows. Then on top of that, because you're so busy working on comics, and a lot of us work day jobs, or you have families and all this other stuff as well. Um, you only get to see your other comic creating friends and your podcasting friends, things like that on the road. And that's your con family, you know, and you see each other for a couple of days and the promoters a lot of times as well, you know, um, uh, you know, the, the Michael Goldman and Miriam and the, the Motor City crew. Um, it's not like they or I have schedules that are conducive to, hey, let's go or uh, let's go uh, hang out Thursday night or something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we talk as the show gets close and hang out and have a really nice time and and just really enjoy each other's company and uh, and then it's back to social media for another year <laughs> yeah, or totally. or at least for several other you know yeah. uh, till the next show rolls around or something like that. Yeah, it was it was it was a really good time. Was, I met some wonderful people there. So Michigan's got a beautiful community going on. It's uh, oh, it's unbe- unbelievable. It, I, yeah, it's really cool though and. Uh, I, I can't wait to go back next year. I'm already totally. Plus, it was the first. It was my first uh, American con. Uh, I've right. never, yeah, I've never gone to a con stateside, and it was also the first time that I have ever kind of hoteled it, and mm-hmm. you know, just lived the con for 24 hours a day, right. for three days. You know, <laughs> like everything was just always in the moment, and that was a really, really cool experience for me. I, I really enjoyed that. So, in fact. Uh, you know, it inspires me, even though a lot of the cons I go down to here in Toronto, like Fan Expo and stuff, I only live 20 minutes away. So I've always gone home. But I think even sure. though it's – I think I'm going to just start uh, hanging around a little bit more, checking out the after parties. I've never done that. so. Yeah, it's fun. And, you know, I mean, I'm obviously a, a, a non-drinker, but still just getting to, you know, have my Shirley Temples. But uh, <laughs> just hanging out and getting to hang out with everybody, you know, into the wee hours of the night is great. Uh, did you suffer the, the con crud after you left? Or? I never do. I never do, good but I you. chalk it up to uh, that I'm I'm not Being sickly Canadian. often. I have a good immune system. <laughs> well, you have great health care up there. That's where... <laughs> that is helpful too, you know. I don't notice how much I often actually get sick because there's always some pills to take to make it go away that, you know, cost me like 12 bucks. So. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have yet to do a show in Canada, and am, uh, I, I'm kind of secretly vowing that I'll get my, uh, my stuff in order that next year I can uh, hopefully hit Fan Expo. People just talk about how one wonderful that show is and i've never done a convention out of the states uh despite the ridiculous amount of conventions i do down here so that's that's something that i'm giving a lot of very serious consideration to for next year that would be amazing uh you i'm sure you'd garner a lot of interest up here the very cool thing about toronto is that it's uh con crazy it's it's there's there's cons all the time at least once or twice a month there's something going on in the gta which is like the greater toronto area mm-hmm. and you can find from a basement show to a mid-level show there's just always shit going on and that's what's cool is that fan expo being as massive as it is 
it draws all these people together that have these little families at these little cons and they all join together to create this mega fan expo and the beautiful thing is fan expo as big as it is you know uh marvel and dc no longer actually have a physical presence there they, mm -hmm. they still do like panels and stars go but they've done away with a floor area so hmm. that con is still as massive as it is, and it's like completely independent workers. You know, oh. it's nothing like the artists' alley at Fan Expo is just immense. Like it's it's monstrous, and it's 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 just you know good Canadian fun and a lot of international people. But you know us, uh, you know our, some of our stereotypes are true, and everybody just gets <laughs> along, and it's just everybody's having such a fun time. Oh, you know. So, That's wonderful, yeah. And yeah. you know, a lot of my my uh, my Michigan family of creators and stuff just rave about Fan Expo, and you know, Michigan. We, we're touching on this, Miguel. Michigan right now, I'm really becoming convinced is quietly quietly uh, rising, you know, out of the depths, <laughs> like Ryla or something like that. You know, <laughs> is like this just juggernaut of comic awesomeness yeah. so many great creators are just you know really stepping up their game in michigan and things like that in ohio as well you know really there's just this whole midwest thing going on i think for years we had uh you know phoenix and, and portland uh, have been known as really comic towns and uh i'll tell you what ohio and michigan have this thing going right now people wonder why i spend so much time in ohio and michigan it's like there's so many great stores there's so many great creators great conventions yeah uh you know you got motor city you got Detroit Fanfare. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on. I, I mean, I've literally spent a month uh, conventioning just in Ohio and a month conventioning and doing book signings in, in Michigan. Yeah. Just a lot going on, and everyone's been talking about uh, Fan Expo. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's... Synergy, man. And, and people keep talking <laughs> about Fan Expo. Like, Dirk, Dirk, you going? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll definitely yeah. talk. We'll oh, talk to Motor City, maybe. It's going to be, oh, good times. Good times, indeed. All right, getting into the thick of it and doing what you do, uh, I was uh, lucky enough to purchase uh, Mystery Volume 1 uh, when I met you there at uh, Motor City. And mm -hmm. super cool book. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, you are obviously, as we said before, the writer. Um, I've had a lot. I have a lot of comic guests on here, and uh, it, it's really cool seeing the differences between the artists and the writers. And I've had many cool writers, but I don't think I've ever met or talked to someone who is obviously and is openly like openly. You like that? While I'm talking I, to I, the thought was, I thought that was. Canadian, <laughs> I thought that was a Canadian word. <laughs> passionate about writing you just fucking love it eh oh god I, I, if i did you know there was a quote i heard years ago uh if i did not write i would go mad um <laughs> and, and that's it but i'm equally passionate about writing as well as helping other people write you know um first and foremost is my love of writing comics you know uh, tales of mystery you know as you said volume one is out through devil's do that started as an online comic now it's a collection uh get it anywhere comics are sold might add uh, but um and you know i obviously do other comic writing stuff volume two of tales of mysteries called carmageddon we're launching that as a mini series first rather than an ogn oh, cool. um yeah that'll be coming out from devil's due uh, a couple weeks uh the first issue will be dropping but all that aside i'm equally passionate about helping other people make comics um you know, I, I did the column for years over at Newsarama, and then we bounced over to Bleeding Cool, uh, Right or Wrong, 
Um, oh, yeah? To, okay. Yeah, to me, I'm just all about helping other people make comics because I vowed, you know, and I talk about this a lot in the Right or Wrong book. Uh, the book's called Right or Wrong, A Writer's Guide to Creating Comics. It's from Caliber. Um, you get it on Amazon. Um, I always said if I ever got to a point where I could – help other people if i was making comics and i could help other people make comics that i would and that's what i think that's what right or wrong is about you know people and i get you know when i started going to shows and stuff i went to shows mainly i mean it, 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 there were people i wanted to meet you know i wanted to meet james obar i wanted to meet some different people things like that but but mainly i wanted to learn about how do you break break in and i'm using you know you can't say i'm using the finger quotes right now break <laughs> in you know and um that's what I went to shows for. And to this day, like sitting at my desk and, and I've kept this with me wherever I go, I have this little itty bitty notepad that, that I took with me that I got from the hotel to go where I saw panels by, by like Mark Wade and, uh, and Joe Casada and things like that about how to make comics, how to break in, you know. Um, and uh, I, I get it. I get the hunger. And it's just such a different ball game now than it was even when I started uh, – I want to do anything I can to help other people out. Um, yeah, people ask me, well, you know, that's the name of the game, you know? Yeah. And people ask me all the time, they're like, well, you know, aren't you afraid you're feeding the competition? And and I tell everybody the same thing. I'm like, Silly. I don't have competition. There's only one Dirk Man. I'm sorry. There's only one Dirk motherfucking Manning. Yeah. And that's <laughs> I just want to read other great comics, you know? Yeah. And if I can help you or I can help this guy or that girl or this kid, you name it, man. Make great comics. Help the industry. Give me cool stuff to read. Live the dream. Yeah. So That's yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's a lot in vain. Uh, this show is a member of the Points of Interest Podcast Network. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason that my good friend Al Hawkes and I started this was for the same reason, but, you know, per podcasting. But was just to just to help other people, just to spread the word, spread the love and the joy of what we do and just share it with people that we find are cool and, you know, are along the same kind of vein. And, you know, there's no other reason. It's like we're not getting paid for this, you know, like all podcasting, you know, all I get out of it is loss of time like and good conversation, which is worth it. But sure. I hear what you're saying, you know, like that's why we did that. And that's one cool thing about the comics and the podcasting community is just that that wanting to help each other. And there, and there's not a competitive, you know, douchebaggy kind of atmosphere. And, you know, you're totally right. That's that's what we got to be pushing is the positivity of it all, you know. Well, there's always people that, you know, suddenly they're writing for Marvel or they're writing for DC and people say, oh, that person sold out or oh, blah, blah, blah. And it's just there's a whole different level of commitment that comes with that I, I was thinking about it today you know it's like i've never tried to write for marvel or dc not that i never will maybe i never will i don't know that's just not something i've been interested in I'm interested in creator own work i'm interested in tales of mystery and i want to do one more nightmare world book and love stories to die for all this different stuff I, my own creator own stuff i want to do, get back doing more right or wrong columns you know that that's what interests me and um it, it just you know Sometimes I guess I feel like people kind of get after people that are successful in a way, you know. Oh or, yeah, it's you know, uh, it's, it, it, it's it, a impartial. It's a, like a subconscious jealousy thing for sure. 
it is, you yeah. know, and I, I, I've seen it a lot and things like that. And it's like, you know, man, I, I want to do everything I can to help people out. But at the same time, I got stuff I want to do, too. So yeah, that's sure. one of the reasons I appreciate shows so much, because I'm at a show. I don't get a chance to walk around. I barely get a chance to go pee or eat when I'm, you know, people tell you when I'm at a show, I'll be standing behind that table almost nonstop eight hours a day. I, it's a yeah. rare moment you see me sit. And usually I'm sitting, I'm stuffing a power bar or granola bar in my mouth or something, you know, uh, wear a suit and tennis shoes, man. There's a reason for that because tennis shoes are more comfortable. You know? But uh, those are the perfect times to help people out and talk to other creators and, and give that advice and make those connections and things like that. And and just, yeah, man, just be cool to people, you know. Uh, yeah. A lot of people read stuff like Tales of Mystery and be like, Jesus, God, this guy's a psychopath. <laughs> like, no, man. You know, you know, ready? You know the stuff I write, but yeah. it's just about helping people and being cool. I don't you know? think it's that crazy. I just think it's fucking, you know, it's intelligent. That's why I enjoyed it. One thing I love about that I got to read it as a graphic novel like that. Is that the only form it's come in? Was volume one or was there separate it issues? It originally started as an online comic. Um, oh, okay. It ran... Uh, originally concurrent and then it outlasted um it, it it went on past the end of nightmare world but we originally posted a page a week every thursday and that was uh, how we originally ran the comic was one page okay. a week because i love that i can it's they're they're so short and kind of you know concise like chapters mm-hmm. that you can mm-hmm. jump in and out so easily um you know or like you know you could i don't know just i can have a smoke and get like two or three of them done it's or if bath- I have it's like a bathroom book. Yeah, it's fucking amazing, <laughs> but it's 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 more than that. Like you can't at times you can't put it down cuz oh. I I didn't expect it cuz I wasn't familiar with it. And mm-hmm. after you read the first few stories, you see that they're kind of separate and he's kind of wandering through all these stories. Mm-hmm. And uh then there's I think I can't remember it's like about the 6th one in or something. It comes back around again and you you mm-hmm. finally address something that happened earlier. And I was like, oh, because I love that kind of shit. I love having to wait. It's one of the things I love about Doctor Who and why mm-hmm. I think it's like the best sci-fi writing ever is the fact of how they can tie in shit that you haven't even thought of for like 20 episodes. And all of a sudden something's there and you're like, oh, my good God, and the way they make it tie in. And I got that feeling when I got to that you know, chapter and uh, it came around again. And I was like, oh, OK, here we go. There is going to be like an over arc, you know? Oh yeah, we yeah. we plant you know we plant the seeds in the first story you know because like you said there's 13 eight page chapters in, in volume one, and each chapter is a little standalone story but it's all one about Mister E who's this kind of uh, paranormal troubleshooter you know yeah uh, and uh, you know it's very horror noir and uh, he, he in the first chapter he gets called out to. Um, deal with a, a magician i guess for like a better word a warlock or whatever, I don't know, whatever whatever the hell he'd call himself this douchebag would call himself that he gets called out to help <laughs> and, and you find out that this guy jack faust is trying to summon demons and control them by by summoning them through the uh you know the uh, unborn babies through fetus through fetuses and pregnant women and mystery sees this and just goes nuts yeah. uh Great. and decimates the guy basically (laughs) and then goes out you go on and on throughout the book and it's like well that's not the end of it yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. you know he you find out mystery really screwed up and how he handled that situation (laughs) and it it comes back to to bite him in the ass a hundredfold yeah uh likewise 
everything in Tales of Mystery Volume 1, the whole big picture, the whole series, the whole series of volumes, whether it be five volumes or 20 or whatever, all the seeds are planted for everything in that first volume. So even the little things in that volume that, you know, you look at them now and it's like, uh, well, gee, why, why is that in there? Or what's up with that? You know, the smallest cameo will have big dividends later because I know what the big story is. And yeah, I so wanted you... to tell self-contained standalone stories, but also plant little seeds like um, the woman in the limousine is uh, Thelma Lushkin from Nightmare World. Uh, and knowing that she exists so directly in the re-universe, that will come up. Um you know, uh, I don't want, you know, yeah, yeah, even, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even in Carmageddon, there'll be certain things like that were in volume one, like, oh, okay, so there's a lot of, a lot oh, of, I'm uh, looking forward to that, man. I love it. I, I, I'm big on rereadability, you know, yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm to a point where I don't buy any comics or graphic novels, um, that I won't reread. Now, obviously, I check things out, things like that. And like you said, you know anything about Tales of Mystery. And then you write it, and you're like, oh, my God, this is great. And that, yeah. that, that's one of the best feelings ever, you know. Yeah. So definitely, I check out new stuff. But I also get to a point, it's like, you know, if this is something I'm so jazzed about that down the road I would want to reread it, uh, then, you know, what, what's the point? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I but totally I, I want, hear you. Yeah, the I want stuff, that just, Tales of Mystery, you know. Yeah, just forgettable type stuff. Yeah, totally. It's uh, – I'm very lucky doing this podcast and we do reviews on the POI site. So I get a lot of, uh, I got a lot of review copies of stuff Sure. and it's a really, really good way for me to know what I want to buy and what I don't want to buy oh, yeah, without absolutely. having to get the book. But I, I'm very lucky that most of it has just been, there's some incredible stuff going on out there right now. Like stuff that just, you see certain people and some Kickstarter Kickstarters make it, some don't. And you're just like, how and i that's one thing about me is i'll find something and no one will have heard of it and it's just you want to share it so bad and their kickstarter's not doing well or whatever so you you know i love that i at least have this platform to help kind of be like hey everybody you haven't noticed this awesome shit over here you know so right 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 right, i'm really lucky that way but uh i hear what you're saying that's why uh growing up i used to always love reading the classics as a kid because you could read those over and over again, you know? You could read, like, Last of the Mohicans. I could read that a couple times, and Oliver Twist, and, you know, Adventures of Robin Hood. And my favorite, my, my all-time favorite book, period, is The Jungle Book. And I could read it over and over and over and over and over again. You know what I mean? I'm, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just, it's perfect. Well, and, and, and that's the thing, too. And, and here's one of the things, you know, recently there was a big controversy about Milo Monero did a... Uh, a spider one cover. They got eh, some people yes. been out of, been out of shape. Yeah. People spend so much time bitching about that cover, you know. And, and I loved it. Like Carrie Nord actually like was like, you know, I was wondering what was up with this cover, what the big controversy was. So we did like a three D modeling program, and he's like, no, that pose is fine, and she's a spider woman anyway. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, she's like extra flexible, or whatever. But still, yeah, it totally works. But point being, people go crazy. And screaming and hollering all over the internet about that about something they don't like. Here's a concept. <laughs> spend that time. Spend that energy talking about things that are good. Yes. <laughs> don't if you don't like it, don't talk about it. No publicity is bad publicity. And I've been on the other side of this too. You know, I've had people 
you know, just decide for one reason or another, just to try to rip me up and down and sideways. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is wasting time. You could be talking about something good. Talk about what's good. Don't talk about what's bad. And even if you don't like it. Okay. Monero did not set out to draw a crappy cover. That's what he does, isn't it? That's like his That's style he, anyways, he's a, right? He's a, he's a, pornography he does pornography he does other (laughs) stuff too but i mean that's his jam and marvel's hired him and marvel's done an ex-woman book with him and and other stuff like that but this dude did not set up to write a bad cover to make a bad cover you don't like it fine you think it's offensive fine don't talk about it let it die a slow silent death talk about (laughs) something that you think is talk about something you think you know deserves the praise because, you know, I, I reviewed, you know, I did music journalism for years, and then I did comic journalism uh, oh, reviews cool. and stuff before I got into to writing myself, you know. Um, and I would take crap a lot of times from some of my other fellow reviewers, especially in music journalism stuff. Like, uh, oh, yeah, Dirk doesn't write bad reviews. And it's like, well, one, I have occasionally written reviews of something that were not favorable. Right. But if I don't like it, I'm not going to review it. Yeah, totally feel the same way. If I don't yeah. like it, I'm not even going to talk I, about it. I'm not it, even going to yeah. talk about it because, you know, that might be someone else's jam. Now, like, yeah. if I was really expecting to like uh, an album or a CD or something like that, that's different. You know, like, I'm a huge Mike Patton fan. And if Mike Patton put out a record that was kind of like, Ugh. as a Mike Patton fan, I can say, you know, uh, this is my jam. I love Mike Patton. He's my favorite musician. That being said, this one didn't grab me, and here's why. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe I would do that. But I, you do not go out of – you don't, you know. It doesn't hurt what, to be occasionally constructive, but you can be positively constructive without having to be all fucking negative Nancy, you know. Like, well, right, if people know, like, oh, well, Dirk likes Mike Patton or Dirk likes Alan Moore or Dirk likes Eric Powell or whatever, and then one of them do something that, you know, I can say, hey, as a fan of his work, this one didn't grab me and here's why. But but some people get so off on just lump fasting stuff and it's like you know here's a concept create yes Yes. don't destroy don't destroy create you know it comes you know just just create stuff don't see i'll I'll get on my (laughs) i'm gonna be i'm gonna get very i got dirk manning all riled up riled up i'm gonna get very un-canadian you know no here's the thing you know and i've said this before and I'll, i'll say it to your audience now for all the positives of social media, like I was talking about before, I can connect with people I don't get to see often otherwise, things like that. Uh, everyone having a platform, you know, to paraphrase uh, The Incredibles, one of the best movies ever made, you know, if everyone's, if everyone is special, no one will be. <laughs> and I feel like it's kind of that same way with social media that suddenly everyone has a platform and everyone has their own little slice of the internet. It's very easy to have a website now. It's very easy to do this stuff. And everyone feels so important and so entitled. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's great. We all have opinions. We're all fascinating. Ask us. We'll all tell you how fascinating we are. But that does not – there's just there's a responsibility that comes with that in a sense of realism, in a sense of pragmatism. And if you're going to use your platform to tear down others, it's like, what are you doing? 
you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, is that your lot in life, you know, yeah, to yeah. be a troll, to to bust down on people? It's, it's such just... a waste of a beautiful thing like social media. Do you, how, you know how many amazing fucking comic books that I have read and had the pleasure of enjoying because a writer and an artist met on Twitter in two mm-hmm. separate fucking countries on two separate mm-hmm. continents and put together some of the most beautiful shit I've seen. You oh, know, abs- like absolutely, it's unbelievable the 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 connections and the stuff that can be made now. Like it's it's nuts. So yeah. it, it is it is a shame when people have to shit on it and just fucking you know. It's for communication, not spreading your fucking bullshit. <laughs> well, even, you know, like with Tales of Mystery, you know, um, Josh lives in Pennsylvania. Uh, Austin, the original, the, the colorist in the first half of the book, lives in Florida. Uh, Sean, the colorist in the second half, lives in Ohio. The letter, Jim Reddington, lives in New York. Riley Rosmo, the cover artist, lives in Canada. You know, then don't even get me on the pinup section in the back, all that stuff. You know, we have people from all over the world in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, and that's due to the internet. That's due to social media. That's so powerful. But, yeah, yeah, you know, just promote the positive. That's yeah. all. You don't like something, don't talk about it and and move on. It's uh, It might be one of the reasons that Fan Expo and stuff has the, the vibes that it does because it's, it's just ridiculously, like – supportive like all you see is just people being supportive and positive and happy everywhere and it's a beautiful thing i think a lot of it like look it kind of makes sense the artists we have coming out of the area like you mentioned carrie nord earlier Mm -hmm. sorry carrie nord yeah and uh uh, you know oh my god like david finch uh david ross uh fucking Mm -hmm. jason fabok like oh yeah yeah amazing amazing talent coming out of these parts and I, I don't know what's in the water around here but we're very lucky to have the comic community that we have so you know it's 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 you know positivity grows positivity and that's kind of what i think's happened you know and it seems to be happening in michigan as well everybody's just so fucking happy for each other <laughs> well that's it you know just be cool man you know yeah. be happy and be friendly and help each other out hey you know there, there is no competition we're all do, you know, if you're doing what you want to do, that's fine. So, so how did the uh, the writing book come about? Because uh, I saw about half your panel there, a bit of your panel you did at Motor City as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, what inspired that? One day you're just like, I want to help people to the point where I'm going to write a book about helping people. Well, like I said, you know, I, I, if I I always vowed if I ever got to a point where I was making comics, I would do everything I could to help other people make comics. And uh, I, I started right or wrong at Newsarama when um, Matt Brady ran the site many, many years ago. Um, I started doing some reviews and interviews, and I told him, I said, I want to write a column just talking to people about making comics and kind of about my journey and, and at least at least how I got to where I was. I wasn't signed yet. I wasn't with Image. I wasn't in print, you know, but just about getting the ball rolling. What do you do, you know, and yeah. – and, and it was just something to help people out, you know. Was right or wrong a promotional tool for stuff like Nightmare World? Well, sure, because I oh, talked yeah. about Nightmare World a lot because that's the comic I was writing. But that's what you made. It was made. It was a, <laughs> it was a frame of reference, you know. Uh, you know, uh, so it, it was just a way of giving back. You know, the, is the promotional aspect there? Well, sure. No act is selfless. Yeah. But. It was just mainly about helping other people make comics and my way to get back and and, and encourage, you know, other people. And, and I'll right. tell you, some of the most powerful things that have ever happened to me is 
I've been at conventions and people come up to me and people that maybe I don't know or don't know very well, or I met them at a con a year prior and they would come up to me at a show. Um, this happened at Detroit Fanfare one time. Dude comes up to me and says, I made this comic because what a I get choked up to something. Huh. <laughs> I, I, I made this comic because of right or wrong. Wow. And <laughs> right or wrong helped me make this comic. And it's just like, like give me a hug, man. Come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's cool. Uh, it's nothing I would ever create per se, but again, there's no competition. I mean, just, the yeah. fact that I could help other people make comics, you know, is just that that's that's such a powerful thing that, that that's good to help people out. And I get to read all these great comics, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, everybody wins, you know? Yeah. So is uh, it, is it just gonna, you're just, you're hard in comics. You ever think about maybe doing a novel or short stories or anything? I do very limited prose writing, you know, at the end of tales of mystery, I did a prose short story as part of the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, the person that, that paid for that could name the story and I'd have to write a story after the song title they chose <laughs> cool. and uh brad thompson wrote picked am radio and i'm like am radio what the yeah. shit <laughs> <laughs> i listen to am radio that's a sad thing but uh you know <laughs> but, uh, i was able to do that um and i've written some stuff for film you know i've written um i wrote a couple episodes of black box i uh, wrote an episode of uh, a full script for black box tv uh tony valenzuela's online horror youtube channel which is amazing i nice. did the hung- i did the hunger um Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite is the bad guy. Oh yeah. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's um, awesome, dude. Awesome. It was fun. It was it was an experience. That's gonna be something I talk about in when I get to do the second right or wrong book is about you know writing uh, how how different is writing for movies or writing comics. But um, my heart's in comics. You know, uh, yeah. I, I love comics. I love the medium. I love what you can do with comics. You can do you know the great Harvey Picard said you know. Comics are words and pictures, and you can do anything with words and pictures. Yeah, um, yeah. that's what I love more than any of the other stuff. You Was know, that uh, movie not fucking brilliant? American, oh, American Splendor. Oh, that's probably in my top five. Oh, Giovanni was just time. amazing in that. Oh, it's so incredible, man. And this, it, it really conveyed how comics helped him and what they did for him. You know, sure. Like, yeah, it was amazing. I really, really was impressed. Yeah, with I've actually got to talk to Joyce uh, a couple times over really? the Really? Stuff like that. And, yeah, it's just uh, – yeah, absolutely. He was just such a powerful storyteller. And, again, a guy that loved the medium, loved comics. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you could go to writing anything else easily after you've done comics. I mean, I think it's one of the things, too, like why I have such respect for, like, Joe Hill. Yes. Very accomplished prose writer but a very accomplished comic book writer. And when he writes a comic, he writes a comic like a comic. And he writes a book like a book. Yeah. It's two very different things. And yeah. People well, talk all the time about, oh, I want to write comics and then get into movies. Man, I'll tell you right now, writing movies and writing comics are two very, very different, very things. different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've lived it. I'm telling you. It's, yeah, it's, I, be- it's I believe it, man. It's uh... – it's two different beasts, that's for sure, you know? I mean, you love to look at a guy like Joe Hill who's got this obvious talent, natural talent that's running in his fucking veins, but you know this kid started early. You know this kid's had exposure to, you know, the art of writing and English and everything from such a young age that, you know, he's so far ahead of the game. I can't, well, I can't imagine it. to see what he comes up with, you know? He loves it and he wants it, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and anything in life, you know, it can boil down to two things. What do you want 
and what are you willing to do to get it? Totally. I talk about that in the right or wrong column uh, panels all the time. You know, that's what it boils down to. If you really want to do this, dedicate yourself to it. Make the sacrifices. Make the time. Put in the effort. Bust your ass. Yeah. You know, and uh, you may never sell a million books, but you're making comics. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally. You're satisfying something in yourself. See, I grew up always wanting to be a filmmaker. It's mm-hmm. all I ever cared about when I was a kid, acting and making film. And then I became a teenager and did all that stupid teenagery stuff. And, uh, you know, after getting all out of that, I fell in love with arborism, boriculture. Mm-hmm. So I became like a tree mm-hmm. guy. And, you know, then I had a family and this and that. But I've always had that, that creative itch, you know. Like my work kind of kind of actually satisfies part of it because, you know, in part you're, you're, you're doing a certain art when you're pruning these trees and then you're literally sweating while doing it. So it's really cool. But... There was just something not there, and I couldn't just cut my life off and stop and, you know, but at the same – because, you know, the family and the kids and everything. But at the same time, you you can't give up on everything. And then along comes this thing called podcasting, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, I've got an excuse to have some amazing conversations, and for me, half of it is the editing. Like anybody who's listened to this show knows I, you know, I, I like to play with it and right, right. You know what I mean? And I, 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 that's just half the fun for me is afterwards. The actual physical editing process is so satisfying for me. I, I feel like back when I was young and would get off on making a movie or so, you know, just a home movie or something. And, you know, you may have to adjust your dreams, but never give up on them. They're, you know, who knows where this could take me. I've gotten to talk to some insane people like Bob camp. That was one of the greatest times i've ever had just standing there listening to somebody like bob's amazing oh yeah. my bob's god amazing. like you know some of the chats i've been so lucky to have on this show of just like i'm so so lucky and appreciative of the fact that you know people are willing to do this and and how much it it fulfills me you know it's it's fucking great shit love it well our dreams evolve too we don't have to do what we want to do when we were younger you know yeah. uh, we just have an obligation to do what is best for for us in regards to our current aspirations. And, uh, but like I said, I knew when I was little, I wanted to write and yeah. now I'm writing and, you know, uh, I, I ran by, 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 uh, fluke. I was at a signing, uh, and, um, uh, my home board at the town I, I grew up in and a guy just happened to walk into the store and stuff. He knew I did comics and stuff like that. And he's a comic fan and he happened to be walking by and sees my table set up and stuff. And he stops and he goes, damn, <laughs> I didn't know you have so many books out. I, I said, I stay busy. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what I love, man. You know, yeah, yeah. I want more. I want twice as many as this next time you see me, you know. That's we'll, awesome. One step at a time. One yeah. step at a time, you know. So yeah. I have two, uh, two writing dreams. There's two stories that have always been in my head. I have a Star Wars and a Star Trek fanfic that. Are just they've been gnawing at me for years. I haven't had the chance to like I've I've written notes and I've written out some plot outlines and characters and stuff, but as far as like getting to work on the actual story, I just haven't found the time yet. But I'm not gonna give up, you know. I mean, even if no one ever reads them, they're just they're I have to get them out of me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because they're just I'll, they're just and, growing and it, and it's, I'll ugh. I'll I'll challenge you to something too. If those are stories you'd ever want to get published and things like that and put them out there and own them, ask yourself, what is it about Star Wars that you love so much that you can take the essence of that story and write it and own it? 
you know, yeah, and so, same with Star Trek. What is it about that that you love so much that that's where your story is? You know, I, I have people, you know, all the times, you know, I, I, I talk about the fact very candidly that most people will never write Batman. Most people will never write Superman. Most people will never write Spider-Man. And even if you do, you'll never get to own it. And a lot of people say, well, my, my dream is, you know, I'm getting into comics to write Spider-Man. Um, and, and I'm like, okay, well, what, what is it about Spider-Man that you really like? And I said, don't, don't tell me the answer. Ask yourself the question. Yeah, I totally hear you. What do you like about Spider-Man? Now, write about that. And that way you can write that story and someday you will own that story. That will be your story. You know, everyone has a Spider-Man story in them. Everyone has a Batman story in them, things like that. If I asked you, you know, hey, could you write a Spider-Man story? You could. Yeah. A Batman story? You could, you know. And that's not that fanfic isn't I – mean, I know some very, very talented fanfic writers, and they do that. And they go online. There's communities, and they love it. But there's always that part of me that just says, too – you don't have to necessarily be an indentured servitude to, to pre-existing properties either. What is it you like about that, and, and how can you make it your own? And that's how you make Galaxy Quest, or that's how you make you know any of these other things that are uh, obviously uh, derivative maybe in some ways of something else or inspired think, by something else. Yeah, but, do you think the guy wrote Galaxy Quest totally was like, what if we took the Star Trek crew – like, but the actual actors, I wonder if it, 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 that started that way in his mind to take the actual people playing themselves and put him in that situation. That would have been hilarious. I, I mean, I certainly can't speak to that situation directly, but I, I would probably say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. You know, at least, you know, at least he was drinking a beer one night or something talking about, man, wouldn't it be great if, you know, we did it this way, you know. Yeah. But the thing is, too, when you look at a movie like Galaxy Quest, all the things they could do because it wasn't them. That's what yeah. excites me, as you know. Uh, going back to Tales of Mystery, you know, the monster hunter trope has been done a million ways. Whether it's Hellblazer or Constantine, which in my mind are two different things, you know, or Hellboy or the Goon or Cal McDonald or whatever or Mystery. You know, the, the concept's been done. Uh, you know, Dylan Dog. I mean, you go on and on and on. But the thing is. You know, and most of them were trench coats. But, <laughs> but but the thing is, I tell everybody, the Monster Hunter thing's been done a million times. A million times. But you will never read a book like Tales of Mystery. Yeah. And that's it. And, and that's, I said, this is a different take on that whole thing. This is about, you know, many Monster Hunter books are superhero stories. But instead of superpowers, it's magic. Instead of supervillains, it's monsters. Yes. That's not what Tales of Mystery is about. And when I got away from, you know, was there a time I would love to have written Hellblazer? Sure. Hellblazer is a great character. Uh, but Hellblazer is not Mystery, and Mystery is not Hellblazer, you know. It's like instead, it's like, what did I like about uh, something like Hellblazer? You know, what are the things about that that are interesting to me? And then really finding that seed about, if I was to tell a story about that kind of character, what would the story be? What's what's this about? What's the core? What's the essence of this? And, and, and what happens is you have something completely different, completely different. But uh, yeah, find find the find the things that you like about the things you uh, you like, and then write about that. Make it yeah, your own. Own I hear it. You. 
There's only one thing standing in my way. And that would be lightsabers. My what do you? My God, I love lightsabers. What do you? But, but and again, this is a question <laughs> I don't need the answer. No, to. I'm sure I could do it. I'm sure I what, could come what, what up do with. You, what do you like about lightsabers? What's they're... so cool about? Them? No, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Okay, I hear you. You're talking to a writer. <laughs> don't tell me anything. Right. Because even subconsciously, 20 years from now, you know. But that's the thing. Like, what is it about those that's so cool? And go go from there. Yeah, I hear you. You could create something a hundred times cooler than lightsabers. You totally, and that's not possible. But you got me thinking. (laughs) Hey, no, I totally hear you. You you really do have me thinking now. I'm like, yeah, I see exactly what you're saying, man. I never thought to look at it that way, you know. Yeah, because lightsabers have been done. What can you create? Yeah, I hear you. What do you like about lightsabers? Where do you go from there? Yeah, yeah, nice. That's very very sound advice, sir. Um, I hope I all my, you kids are, are paying attention and such. All right. Um, I know you don't have too much time this evening, so before we have to let you go, why don't we ramble on a bit and uh, just plug away? Um, tell people, you know, what you got, where it's going on again, freshly, and uh, your artists you're working with. Just, just bathe in the glory of Dirk Manning for a sec, Dirk Manning. Well, I will allow other people to bathe in my glory. I, uh, <laughs> I bathe in my own glory. Way too often as it is. No, um, yeah, I mean, if people are interested in learning more about me and my stuff, they can go to DirkManning.com. It's my website. It has uh, bibliography on there with the books I've written, things like that. Uh, people are into scary stuff, check out Tales of Mystery, uh, order Volume 1 from Devil's Due from your local comic shop. Uh, volume One's a collected uh, original graphic novel called Tales of Mystery. Get it? Mystery. I'm so funny. See what he did called, there? See what I did there? <laughs> called Procreation of the Wicked. Volume 2 is going to be starting in a couple weeks. It'll be a four-issue miniseries. Uh, Riley Rossmo did the cover to Volume 1. Eric freaking Powell of the Goon did the cover to the first issue of Volume 2. Just what? amazing. What? Really? It's great. Yeah. Oh, sweet Tales, uh, Tales of Mystery, Volume 2, Carmageddon. It'll be a four-issue miniseries. Uh, launching in a couple weeks. Um, if you like scary short stories, check out my uh, Nightmare World trilogy. Uh, three uh, graphic novels, 13 eight-page stories in each book. From Image Comics Shadowline. Um, and uh, if you're interested in anyone who's interested in writing comics, I uh, think, you know, uh, right or wrong, uh, you know, W R I T E, A Writer's Guide to Creating Comics is uh, a book that will, there's a lot of books to tell you the how, right or wrong tells you the why. Uh, nice. Or asks, I guess, kind of like I was talking to you about, asks you the why. Ooh. And through the why, you will get to your own how. Very nice. Um, so right or wrong, a writer's guide to creating comics. It's from Caliber. Uh, and uh, you can get that on Amazon. Kindle, buy a physical copy, whatever. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. At Dirk Manning, all one word. Uh, convention touring appearances. I'm doing something like 15, 16, 17, 18 shows in the next Dude, you're on the road all the fucking time. It's not. Well, this is tis, tis the season, you know. Oh, gosh. What do we got going on here? Um, in September, I'll be at the Cincy Comic Con down in uh, just south of Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, the first weekend in September, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Uh, week after that, I'll be back up in Michigan on the 13th at Wayne Community College. I'll actually be doing uh, uh, a seminar called uh, writing, uh, Making Comics with the Pros. I'll be uh, doing a seminar on writing for comics. 
week after that, uh, I will be in Michigan again at, well, just hanging out in Michigan, I guess, at uh, Grand Con in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, and gosh, I mean, from there, I just, you know, and then October, I'll be, uh, bigger shows, I'll be at uh, Cinema Wasteland, which is a horror show by Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, New York Comic Con in October. Soon. Oh, yeah, I'm planning on heading down, so hopefully we can get together and fucking hang out. Oh, yeah, man. I'll be in New York Comic Con so people can come out there and see me. I should have at least the first two issues of Tales of Mystery available by then. Uh, I'll be back up in Michigan the week after that, Great Lakes Comic Con up at Macomb Community College. And then uh, one more weekend in Michigan, the Flint Horror Con in Flint. Halloween, I have a big show that's about to be announced. And, uh, yeah, I'm lining up November dates right now as we speak. So Very cool. Living that the is, dream. That is Living awesome. So inspirational and so awesome to have you, Dirk. Really, that was uh, that was good times, man. I can't oh, uh, can't it, thank it, you enough for hanging no, out. No, man, thank you. I uh, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I will tell uh, the people out there that you are one of the few people that actually has the first two issues of Tales of Mystery ooh, Volume ooh, 2. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So you can uh, dive into those and let me know what you think. And uh, I absolutely will as, yeah, as thank soon you. as I can. Thank you for sending them. Greatly appreciate it. I have oh, one quick shout-out, kids. I just want to remind you all that uh, our good friend Anthony Ruckazer, his new book, The First Hero, just came out from Action Lab. Um, Silver good Snail. People. Yes, Altered Good States, people. wherever you want to go. That book is out. That book is close to our heart. Ladies and gentlemen, go to all those places that Dirk uh, Manning told you to go and check out everything by Dirk Manning because Dirk Manning is fucking awesome. Great times, dude. Oh, thank you so much for your time. And, uh, yeah, man, I look forward to hanging out in New York, if not, if we don't talk sooner. Shit, yeah. It's Dirk Manning, kids. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black Why you never see bright colors on my back And why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone Well, there's a reason for the things that I have on I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down Living in the hopeless, hungry side of town I will.